So what changes are coming our way in the lending process? We're going to talk about that on this episode of Real Estate Revenue. State Revenue. I'm your host, Paul Airy, and I think it's time to talk about the lending process and how it's changing, uh, how it's likely to change. So what's going on right now in the world of real estate and finance? As you all know by now, um, interest rates are going up kind of fast, and um, let's back up a little bit, actually. The, uh, the, whether you know it or not, or believe it, the, uh, federal reserve has pretty much manipulated the entire economy. I mean, that's kind of what they do, you know, on an ongoing basis, but they have dumped so much money into the system. The government has borrowed so much money and they lowered interest rates to a ridiculous low amount for the last few years. They should never have been that low. And right now, um, if you can get a mortgage at 6% or 7%, that's kind of a normal, that's where it should be anyway. It should be at around 6 I think 5 or 6% would be a good place for it to stay. Uh, that way we'd have a normal market in real estate. But they have raised it enough now that you would be lucky to get anything below a 7% on any kind of mortgage, residential or commercial, even with an 800 credit score, I don't care, you're going to have to pay six or seven, probably 7%. Maybe you could get one for six uh, if you put up enough down payment. And that's where the change comes in. That's what we're going to talk about. So what is going to happen? Well, likely the first thing that's going to happen is the lenders are going to require the buyers or the borrowers to put up more money. Uh, in other words, their loan to value ratio is going to change and you're going to have to, it's going probably going to go from a max of 70% right now to 70 or 75% down to about 50%. So that means if you buy if you want to buy a million dollar property, you're going to have to come up with half a million in cash. So now if uh, the people that's going to hurt the most are first time beginning real estate investors, because you probably don't have half a million dollars in cash laying around, or if first of all, you shouldn't be buying a property that expensive on your first time out, but uh, it it's the same concept, you know, with a, $200,000 $200,000 property. Do you have $100,000 in cash laying around? Maybe, maybe not. Now, why do lenders do this? Lenders want you to succeed as an investor. They don't want to end up owning your property. And they are trying to reduce their risk. 
Uh, now, a lot of people have the idea that bankers are out to uh, repossess your property at, uh, at for any, any excuse that they can come up with, with. And, you know, that's just not the case because lenders are in the money business. They're not in the real estate business. They don't want your real estate. It costs them money to have your real estate. Usually when there's a foreclosure and a lender has to sell off your property, they don't really get anything out of it. They don't, they don't come out on top when they do that, and they don't like it. They don't like having that risk. They have to pay, once they foreclose on a property and take possession of it, they have to pay the holding costs. They have to pay the property taxes and the insurance on that property and the maintenance on that property. And if there's, if there are tenants in that property, they're going to have to manage it. That means a property manager because lenders aren't typically in the property management business. So that's why they really don't want your property and they want to lower the risk as much as possible. So they're going to do that by having you put up more money up front. And I don't blame them. I mean, the whole system's kind of been twisted and screwed up and, and, uh, not really in anybody's favor. I don't think, well, maybe, maybe the lender's favor because their interest rates are, I mean, they have to pay interest rates too. I mean, they, they don't necessarily lend out their own money. They're, they borrow money and then they, they have a spread between what they're paying in interest and what you're paying them in interest. So, um, but, you know, uh, that spread may increase as interest rates go up. So, uh, it's possible they're making more money, but they're going to loan less money. They're going to lend out less money anyway. So, uh, I think the whole system is just kind of in a situation right now where there's, there aren't going to be any winners except for the people that have a lot of cash and can buy these properties when the price comes down and the price will come down eventually. I'm sure, I'm sure that you've noticed there are a lot of people out there on the financial networks who just will not admit to themselves that we're in trouble. <laughs> we have an economy that's uh, standing on the edge of a cliff and is about to either fall over or jump off, one or the other. For some reason, they, they want to paint a pretty picture. And all the people who have told the truth and who have uh, in the past correctly predicted the economic crashes, the economic uh, hardships that have come along, all those people that have correctly predicted those based on their common sense analysis of the economy, they've all been kicked off of those shows. You don't see them on there anymore. They will not invite them back as a guest. And the people they have on are usually the Wall Street people, the hedge fund managers, the, the bankers, and these people want you to think that things are great. They want your money. They, want, they make money when you invest money in their, their funds, in their management funds, their hedge funds, whatever they operate. Um, that's how they make money. So they don't, they don't want things to look bad. And, um, really they're just kind of putting their head in the sand and, and, uh, doing people a disservice, I believe. Changing the loan to value ratio is going to be one of the things that you're going to see happen. 
It may have already happened. Uh, now, the next thing is the debt su- debt coverage service ratio. Uh, that's the ratio between the income that your property generates and the amount of money that you owe on the property, your debt service on that property. It's going to go up. It's going to be more difficult. So your property is going to either have to make more money or you're going to have to put more cash in it to keep the debt down. So uh, those two things right there are going to guarantee that you have to come up with more cash to buy a property. So what do you do? Well, you're going to see a lot of people you see a lot of people not invest in real estate. You're probably going to see a lot of uh, people uh, getting together with partners to do it. Um, uh, but I think for the most part, you're probably going to see a lot of new invest investors, uh, people who are just now getting started, backing off. And one of the things, I like to keep things on a common sense basis. Common sense in real estate is, uh, it's just, it's, you know, you always hear the saying, cash is king. Well, cash is king, but so is common sense. Common sense is something that a lot of people don't have in, in real estate investing. And you have to have that to succeed. The ones that don't have it are the ones who usually end up failing. Now, uh, what do I mean by that? Well, if you're a brand new investor, if you've never bought a property, and you think you're going to get a 300-unit apartment complex your first deal, that's not going to happen. You're not using common sense. Now, there are people out there teaching you to do that, telling you you can do that, and they will sell you gladly sell you a course and tell you how to buy a 300-unit apartment complex on your first deal, but it's not going to happen that way. There's a lot that goes into a property like that, and it's not just money. Um there are some seriously huge management hurdles to go through in running a property like that. And you need knowledge. So it's not just money. You have to have some knowledge. And as a beginning investor, you don't have it yet. And just the act of going out and finding the right management company or the right property manager, if you want to hire one and do it yourself, do it in-house, um, just that alone can make or break your property. It could be the difference between success and bankruptcy. Now, I'm not trying to scare you or be negative, but I'm just trying to tell you, use common sense. If you're a first-time investor, uh, this is a good time coming up to start buying properties. And, uh, I mean, that's how I got started buying properties. It was the last time this happened. Uh, this was around 2000. 10 to 2012 when uh, property prices were pretty low. And I, you know, that's when I started buying again. Uh, Hadn't done any real estate investing in in years. And um, this is the best time to buy. The question is, what kind of property are you going to buy? When you do this, look at smaller properties first. Some single tenant, some two tenant maybe three tenant office buildings, small buildings that you can easily put tenants into that, that are stable tenants like insurance agents and 
hair salons and dentists and uh, even lawyers, uh, those type, that type of uh, anything medical, that type of tenant is a stable tenant. They don't like to move. Uh, A lot of those businesses like dentists and hair salons, uh, it's expensive for them to move and they prefer to stay put. So those are good tenants to put into into a property. And a property like that, you're going to get for under half a million dollars. You're going to get for, I've bought bought them for under 200. And uh, a little single tenant office building, uh, one of the best ones you can get is, uh, I've said it before on this show, one of the best ones you can get is a property that used to be a house and was turned into an office. Those types of properties are fantastic, especially for your first real estate investment. Your return on your investment is going to be really good, and usually you can get into them pretty cheap. And they are—they're really nice properties. If you get one that that was uh, went through the right transition process, it could be a nice property. And if you're really lucky, you can find one that uh, you can transition from a house from something that's currently a house into an office. Uh, you know, properties that are on a really busy street and people don't want to live there anymore and they're selling off their houses and moving to a quieter neighborhood and traffic has increased and the road's been widened and it's no longer good for a residential. And in fact, maybe even the zoning has been changed already to commercial. And uh, those types of houses are perfect. You buy those and you turn them into an office and, uh, uh, and there's profit there, good profit. So those two things are going to be changing in lending really quick. If they haven't already been, my guess is they probably have already done that. I have not applied for a a real estate loan here in the last, you know, recently. Um, but I know bankers don't wait. They, they're going to do it as soon as it is absolutely necessary for them to do it. And right now it's necessary. So what are some of the other changes that you might see in the lending process? Well, uh, they're just going to be st- more stingy with their money in the first place. Um, this is where if you have a business, it would be a good idea. If you're, if you have a business and you're leasing a property, it might be time for you to buy one uh, in the coming months. Sometime in the next 12 months, it might be time for you to find a property and buy the property, especially if you can occupy 50% of it. If you can occupy half of that property, you can get SBA financing to buy that property. And when you have an SBA guaranteed loan, sometimes that down payment requirement goes down. Uh, It can go down, um, I guess in some cases, I haven't seen, I haven't known anybody personally that's gotten one with zero down, but uh, I have seen them go down to 10% down and you probably don't want to go any lower than that anyway, but, but you have to occupy half of the building yourself, but that's an amazing opportunity. That's just like owning a duplex and living in one half and having a tenant in the other half and the tenant pays your entire mortgage payment. It can work out that way on your office property too, or on a any other kind of property, a retail property, you know, if you have uh, a retail business. So that's something you might want to start thinking about doing. Um, 
if you don't want to get SBA financing, then you can, you don't have to occupy half the building. You can occupy just however much you need and, you know, a quarter of the building or, or 10% of the building, whatever you can find, whatever you can get. Uh, and it's still a good opportunity to own a property like that and occupy the building yourself. And you'll save money on rent for yourself and you'll make, you'll make some money on, on, uh, on the property. And when you occupy a property yourself, the banks, I think, will look a little more favorably on that as far as loans go. So another thing I think they're going to be looking at is uh, the current state of the property. They're probably going to be more likely to lend you money on a building that has tenants already in it, stabilized as a opposed to a vacant property. And I don't know how they're going to react to uh, you wanting to do a new construction commercial property. I guess that kind of depends on your market and the demand in the area, but I think that they will probably like it better if you have a property that already has tenants in it especially tenants that have been there a while and don't look like they're going anywhere anytime soon because that takes away their risk. It lowers their risk. And that's really what you have to think about. Common sense tells you, think about the, think about the lender's risk. If you take them a property that has high risk, they're not going to like it. They will, they will probably turn you down. So use some common sense and, and uh, work on a property that's very low risk for the lender. Because if it's low risk for the lender, it's going to be low risk for you too. If you think about that, your lender wants you to succeed. When you succeed, you put more money into their hands. And um, they want you to have more money in your hands. So don't, you know, that's why... Uh, you have to think of lenders as, as a, that relationship you have with your lender should be a friendly, uh, positive relationship. Don't think of them as your enemy. They're your friend and they want you to succeed as much as you do. And, uh, because if you succeed, they succeed. Keep that in mind. So as things get back to what I would call normal, um, <laughs> well, it's going to be a long time before things are normal. Interest rates are where they should be normally, but um, they're going to go higher, unfortunately, and uh, doubt they're going to go back to two, two and a half, three percent where they were for a, at least not for a long time until the Federal Reserve thinks they have to change things and manipulate every every part of the economy again and. Uh, the whole problem comes when they try to stop things from failing. And sometimes things just need to fail. Sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes the real estate market just needs to stop. It just needs to crash and start over. We have these cycles. I've talked about cycles before. And we have these cycles and we go through them. And every time we go through one, everybody says, well, this is different than the last time. And it's not. It's the same. It's just, you know, it's a, it may have a different cause may appear to be different. The numbers may be different, but it's the same. Right now, it's different than 2008. 
It's different because it's worse. It's different because the numbers are much higher. Uh, and the outcome is going to be the same. Well, the outcome is probably going to be worse, but the outcome is still going to be an unpleasant uh, real estate crash for some people. Now, other people are going to benefit from it. Um, and that's just the way it is. It's, you know, some people, when there's a real estate crash, when they're, when the economy takes a nosedive, there are going to be, be people that go bankrupt, going to be people that go broke, and there are going to be people who get rich. And that's just how it happens. And if you have the cash, those are the people that are going to be rich. If you have cash, you're going to come out of this on top. If you have a lot of debt, I'm sorry, but you're not going to come out of this on top. Um, you have to be careful. You're not necessarily going to lose, but you have to be very careful if you have a lot of debt. Uh, really, be very careful. Uh, be, don't waste your money on stupid things. Don't don't be. Uh, I'm not telling you to be a cheapskate, but you know, don't be stupid about how you spend your money. Don't go buy a new boat. Don't go buy a new. 300 inch TV screen that you can't get in through your front door. Um, and don't go, you know, don't buy crap you don't need. Don't buy a new hundred thousand dollar car. If a, if a $50,000 car will do just fine. Um, uh, you know, it's what you do with your money is just as important as you know, making how you make your money. And, uh, you know, how you, how you, what you do to keep your money is extremely important. And if you let yourself get caught into this trap, and believe me, I've been in it many times, it is so easy to blow through uh, a few hundred thousand dollars in no time and not even know where it went. Uh, Just don't let yourself do that. If you got to spend money, spend it on real estate, buy a property, buy something. Go buy a, if you can't find a property that you can put a tenant in, go buy a piece of land somewhere. Just get, you know, just buy it when when uh, when things start moving in the direction that we needed to move here in the next few months and the prices come down go buy something buy a property don't spend don't blow your money on stupid stuff so with that said that's about it for this episode of real estate revenue and I will see you on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>